0: um just to quick some quick business i say business just a quick uh, clarification and and, uh, and um, let's say clarification i want to do this morning is i want to kind of bring all of us around uh, a, a situation that we know what's going on in the United States of America we had our supreme court ruling this week did all of you see that in the news and read that right and there are some very polar opposite uh, views on this across the board. So what I want to do this morning is I want, simply want to, I want to talk about it this morning here, uh, then I want us to be unified in prayer in the direction that we're going. So take a deep breath. Thank you. Now i want to read to you from Mark chapter 10, Jesus coming and speaking about marriage. He says, but at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. What I want to begin with when we talk about this idea of marriage is that we, as the church, we believe that, in as vintage, we believe that marriage is defined not by our government, but by God. Right. And so no matter what happens in the sense of a court ruling, no matter what happens in the United States of America, no matter what happens, we as a church say we are not bound by the law of man. We are simply bound by the law of God. Throughout history, we've seen persecution happen. Persecution happens primarily because the church stands opposed to the laws of man, which means that through from the very beginning, from the very beginning, humanity and ultimately Government has not ultimately defined for us what we believe and what we think. Ultimately, as believers, theologically, we are defined by Scripture. We are defined by the Word of God. And so when we come into this court ruling this week, and there are some who are super excited, and there are some who are overwhelmingly sad and who are angry and who are frustrated, the thing I want you to recognize this morning is God said, well, actually, nothing's actually changed for me. I'm not caught off guard, I'm not freaking out, I'm not worried, I'm not sad in a sense of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? God's not taken off guard. And so this morning as we sit here, we have to recognize something very simple and something very profound. Jesus Christ is Lord. And so when we, listen, so when we come as the body of Christ and as we come as the church, we look at our government and say, thank you for doing your best job. And we submit ourselves to you because that's what we're called to do by God. Is As long as what you create and design ultimately submits to the will of the Father as defined by Scripture. And so as we come this morning, I want you to recognize at Vintage that we love the homosexual community. If you've ever sat with someone and talked to them about the desire for equality, I I listen and I and I understand and, and I celebrate with them that they are created in the image of God. And we celebrate that they have equal rights as we have equal rights as human beings created in his image. At the same time, we sit there and say in great love with grace and compassion, but but for us we we are convicted and bound by God to define marriage the way that he did from the beginning and the way that Jesus reiterated. That's really important to know, theologically speaking. So they'll make arguments saying, "Well, the Old Testament says X, but I don't see in the New Testament. And Jesus comes very clearly and says, God initiated this, at the beginning of time. And then he reaffirms it again here in Mark chapter 10. And so I want you to hear me say this morning that for us, Scripture is defined. Scripture defines marriage, that God defined it from the beginning, and that the reality is this. And this is one of those great things you can read and that you can process and you can study. But there are lots of things, quote unquote, that evolve. But in the eyes of God, morality never evolves. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so as it becomes, to, as it relates to issues of morality then we say God never changes. Therefore, what God's perfect plan is, is what's perfect then for humanity. And so we are bound to fight for what's best for humanity, whether you think it is or not. The next thing we have to do as the church is this. We have to repent. Because we are in the state of the evolution of marriage primarily because the church has not really expressed what marriage is supposed to be in the eyes of God. Therefore, people have become disillusioned by it because we've made marriage something about self being gratified rather than living selfless in service to someone else. We have marriage based on ease of something that makes me comfortable, something that's all about me. And so we find divorce rates at the highest level in the, in the history of humanity. And so the church doesn't point fingers at anyone. We go, we are sorry. We are sorry that we have not expressed marriage. We have not modeled it well. We apologize that we have been just like the rest of the world and had marriage based on ease and self-comfort. And so we can be frustrated all day long and never point the finger itself saying, but we must repent. The greatest scripture, one of my favorite scriptures in all of the the Bibles relates to prayer and repentance is in Daniel when Daniel who is a holy man, bows down before God and asks forgiveness on behalf of his people for their sin. And as the church, we must be a church that repents well. And if we are going to, in any form or fashion, push back against this court decision, then by God's grace, you better become awesome at marriage. The last thing I want to say this morning is I don't want you to say you belong to vintage if you cannot express the fruit of the spirit to people who you believe have different beliefs than you. If you're going to be antagonistic, if you're going to be rude, if you're not going to express the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you can do what you want to do, but never tell them you come to vintage. Because Vintage is a people who says we want to invite anyone, no matter where they stand on anything in life, to come in the doors here and recognize we have very clear convictions, but no matter who you are, no matter where what your background is or where you come from or what you believe, you are welcome inside our doors and we will love you like you are one of our own. The great tension for me, and all the and all of my friends that I talk to about this issue, and my homosexual friends, is I say to them, I don't I don't know what to do because I know you hate the church, and I know that throughout the life of Jesus, people who had a church loved Jesus, and so you must be so winsome in your relationship with Him and the fruit of your spirit, the spirit being expressed in you. That everyone, no matter what their background and beliefs and convictions, that they feel loved and welcomed by you. So there's lots more to say, and there's probably other things you wish I would say. That's all I'm going to say this morning, because I believe that God has a word to speak for us through our women from Guatemala. But I do want us to pray, and if you would, pray along with me. Jesus, we have been praying. God, you know I've been praying at length over this issue. As 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 long as I've known that this has been coming before the Supreme Court. I praise you, God, you're not taken off guard. I praise you, God, that you are not surprised. And Holy Spirit, we ask this morning first, God, for the homosexual community of America and the world. God, I pray, Jesus, that you would express the fullness of your love to them, that they've all been created in your image and you desire relationship with them and that only, ultimately, God, you satisfy, God, that they are not defined by homosexuality. They are defined by being created in the image of God and nothing else. No one's defined by sexuality. They are defined by how they are created in the image of their creator. And so Jesus, we pray, breakthrough today in the homosexual community. And we pray for this decision that's been made in God. Now the church, Lord, is going on the defensive. Lord, I pray we would simply say we are where we've always been, sitting in the will and the hands of Jesus, loving him and loving our neighbor. And if this leads to persecution for us, well, Jesus said this would come. We're simply going to love you with everything that we have. I pray, Jesus, for the church that you would cause us to stand resolute in our convictions, but not be a jerk while doing it. God, we ask forgiveness for pushing the homosexual community away and our pharisaism, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus, that you love the leper. We praise you, Jesus, that you love the eunuch. We praise you, Jesus, that you love the tax collectors. We praise you that you love the prostitutes. We praise you, Jesus, that you love the men who were cheating on their wives. We praise you, Jesus, that you love those, God, who were in sin and thought they were. You love the Pharisees, God, who thought they were perfect and had a dirty cup inside. You were no respecter of sin. Sin is sin. And so, Father, if we can receive your love for us, then we can give love to anyone. Jesus, we pray for the church. God, may this be a shining hour for the true body of Christ. And we pray at Vintage that you would help us to be that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to invite Randall to come. Now, as many of you know, we took a mission trip um, to Guatemala a few weeks ago, and and so they're going to come this morning, but Ransom going to come and kind of lead us into the charge. And so you want your Bible Let me take it back down for you. No, okay. Okay.
1: All right. You are one of the five people. First of all, Guatemala team. I mean, you can see us because we've got these shirts on. But stand up real quick, if you don't mind. Everybody that was part of the Guatemala team. These are ladies you can ask questions to. They would love to tell you stories. So uh, do yourself a huge favor and find time to ask them questions about their experience in Guatemala. For the five of you that are coming up to uh, share a bit, y'all come on up. And if we can get somebody to help put these six chairs kind of in a semi-circle up here, that would be awesome. Y'all better get excited. This is good um if you feel like you haven't seen or heard about god moving lately guess what you're about to it's really good yep we're gonna do a little semicircle. it's all good thanks for coming y'all 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 were purposed to be here today for encouragement and faith building for real so just know that Laura Laura McNeil. Okay, she's our resident artist, right? So we were really super fortunate to have her as part of the team. And one of the great things we did was worship through art the whole time. And so every time, not every time, but almost every time we spoke and shared a message, she was in the back painting something that that had symbolism and it kind of went somewhere. And so we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But even today, she's doing that. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. But just wanted to make sure that you knew what she was doing back there sometimes she does that here also you may recognize her i'm gonna take a seat um first of all we had a team for those of you haven't been this is your first time at vintage we took a team of 14 ladies to guatemala there we are in the airport this is before we knew what was about to happen and, um, almost all of us are from vintage. There is, um, in the front row, Christian Fisher, she is from another church. She's 18. She just graduated high school and she's probably moving to Guatemala in about two months uh, to work with more than compassion, which is cool. She's taken a gap year, um, after high school. And then in the back row next to me. On my right side is Ashley Rainwater, and she is a pastor's wife at Church in the Hills up here. But everybody else, they're all vintage people. We did not know each other well, to be honest. And so it was an interesting group because we didn't know what to expect. I knew everybody, and nobody else really knew each other. And so um, it turned out beautifully. You can imagine what it would be like 14 women together, right? There really wasn't much of an issue. And not only that, we had absolutely no personal space at all. Like, literally every room we were in was no less than six bunks in one room. And so, you know, we shared, you know, two bathrooms. So, it was lovely. And we did great. And we like each other. And we text like 50 times a day. It's kind of weird. But um, anyway, this is my team. They're out there. Everything else... Okay, first of all, I want to tell you why we went. We have a missionary there called Alicia, Alicia Herrera. She's part of Vintage. She just turned 23, and uh, she's awesome. She she was at Pepperdine University. She went down on a mission trip to Guatemala with a friend of hers who started a nonprofit, and. Um, And she ended up moving down. She started a school of primarily kids from the orphanage. She is significantly uh, responsible for huge pieces of running the orphanage of 120 kids. And then in January, they officially opened something called Daughters of Purpose. It's almost like a shelter. So the government, every day the police show up with a lady and say, here's somebody else. She's in government protection. She can't be near her family. Take her. So it's more of a shelter. And in that shelter, some of those are little kids as well that have seen their mom murder their dad and murder their brother and have barely escaped because of screaming and a neighbor came in. It's, it's crazy tragic. In that Daughters of Purpose home, there are eight girls with babies. Um, that have all been birthed out of some sort of severe abuse case, typically from a father or a stepfather. And so we had 14- and 15-year-old girls, eight of them with babies. And so when we looked at – and then there are a group of American teachers all in their early 20s that go down and they work at that school. So when we looked at the options, when we went down, we said we could work with the orphanage, we could work at the school, we could work with the teachers who are dry and hungry and young, or we could do something with daughters. And, and so we, we prayed together. We processed it together, and we landed that our primary focus would be to invest into those American teachers who were hungry and dry and investing in those kids every day, and also the Daughters of Purpose. We were going to put on a retreat for the 14- and 19-year-olds from the orphanage and from Daughters of Purpose, and there was a little bit of dissension between the two groups, so it was beautiful to be able to bring them together under one group. There were 30 of them, and they were able to get to know each other and love each other and develop friendships. So that's kind of how it all started. What we're going to do is kind of go day by day to kind of let you what we did. And so the first part of the trip, we got there on a Saturday. We drove five hours after we flew in. Well, it was really more than five because our bus went 10 miles an hour. So it was really like 50 hours. It was a million hours, but we finally got there really late at night. And the next morning, we had the, po- the opportunity to house church with all the Americans. So if you could put up that house church pic. Yeah, so that was that morning. We actually did it in the school. They have like four interns from all over the world. There's a couple of them from uh, Macon. Came in for four months. But the rest is our team and the teachers. We basically just had this time. And Laura Lilly, how about you tell us a little bit about that morning? So, as um, Randall was
2: saying, our primary purpose um, was twofold. It was for the teachers and for the girls. And I would dare to say that probably we felt like the girls were the more obvious um, need as far as pouring out. And, um, you know, what's so awesome is that God doesn't have primary needs. He doesn't see people as primary and secondary um, he sees us all as primary needs And um, he had a work That he was going to do In everyone there Because when the Holy Spirit comes He doesn't, he doesn't just come in one section He comes in power And um, the Before we went There were several of us Who had um, specific words About what we wanted to see happen And I also want to say Thank you for those of you all who prayed Because it was It was obvious that um that your prayers were working for the good and the people that were there because there was so not so much goodness and like i tell my boys when there is goodness there is god and god and there was so much goodness and there was so much god all over um our trip um but I feel like I'm kind of jumping all over the place. But I wanna I wanna specifically say because this made such an impact is that Alicia and the team of teachers have been praying for a year that the Holy Spirit would come in power. So as you can imagine, in our own life, a year goes by and we're like, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Why are you have you forgotten about me? What you know is there something else I need to press in and push more and um, What's so awesome is that we got the honor and the privilege of being the ones to bring the Holy Spirit. And um, it's more than I can even put into words um, because it was the power of you all. It was the power of us um, in prayer. Um, Randall was praying for an encounter of Jesus. Um, I know Heather. Heather was praying um, "Beauty to Ashes," and and I just kept feeling a strong, um, a strong leaning towards us just saying yes to God, um, yes to His move, to not um, to not suppress Him, and that He was going to move in power and love. And that morning on. Sunday morning, we pr- we got to pray with each, t- each teacher in teams of two. And some of us who had never even prayed in teams of two over specific things in these teachers' lives. And the Holy Spirit moved in power. The teachers were crying. The, um, the, teacher- the Holy Spirit was just moving. These teachers were not expecting God to move in their lives. There was the obvious need in the women um, who were there who had been abused in so many different ways. But why would God choose to to bless them, too. They needed to be refreshed. They needed to be restored. And the Holy Spirit brought that to them that morning, which was amazing and beautiful. And then that night, I'm not sure if anybody's going to talk about that, Mm -hmm. that night. You can. Okay. um, So um, that night, we were also able to invest in them on the rooftop. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful time because not only was God, and about to minister to them, um, yes, and um, yeah. Guys, those teachers had no idea that God was about to smother them with their po- with His power and love on them like they have never been loved on before. Um, there are several things that even our team had not been. I guess, um, in a Christian walk, had never experienced before. Praying in groups of two over people, um, praying, um, like, it was was an awesome time, there was a topic, and so everybody at one time would just pray over a specific topic. So, um, I'm just going to point out one, because this was a a pretty supernatural, but really all of it was supernatural. We just got to see, is Ellie, um,
1: okay, two slides down. Take two more pictures. There she is. Okay. So,
2: okay, um, she was not even there when we all started praying for
1: her. A little preface about her is she, she and her boyfriend um, have come from Spain, and they are the psychologists, and they're beautiful people. They're really sweet, but they don't know Jesus, and their only experience of the church has been a really ugly one in Spain. And so they were, they were not interested, but the team of teachers have been has been – totally praying that they would encounter god in a real fresh real obvious way and so one of the teachers marcus had said to us that night do you want to continue the story no, go ahead. Uh, had said to us that night and if you were at the 11 o'clock service i think you heard me say this a couple weeks ago she had gone to the doctor and had like like 12 lumps in her breast and she went and they did tests and they just lit up blew up whatever tests they do for that and he was like this is really not good. I need you to drive five hours into Guatemala City and see the specialist. But I'm fairly certain it's cancer. It does not look good. And so Marcus came to what we were on the rooftop praying, um, challenging them to step out and believe God for healing and these different things. And, um, and so we prayed for Ellie. We prayed that God would move, that he would show himself as the one true God, the one who loves her, who fashioned her together, has plan and purposes for her. And so I'm not kidding you. Like, she went the next day for the test, and she didn't know we had prayed. And so a couple days later when we were at the retreat, we we found out that completely gone, every bit of it. She went, they did the test, they didn't even see a spot. There were no lumps, there were no light-ups, there was no nothing. So Ellie, somebody said to her, I have chill bumps, somebody said to her, um, what happened? And she said, miracle in Spanish, I don't know how you say that. And they said, what is miracle, or what is that? And she goes, you know, like from God. And so um, it was really cool because he healed her physically through the prayers of his people who just asked him to do it, to show his love for her, right? And it was crazy. But by the end of the retreat, she was, yes, yes, I want more of Jesus. I want to know him. It was crazy, guys. So not only was she completely healed, she totally encountered him and, like, is totally moving towards a relationship with Jesus. So that was awesome. Did you- did you want to share anything else? Are you good?
2: Um, well, I just wanted to share a scripture verse. It was very similar to this. When um, Jesus heals the blind man, and he goes into the temple, and he's, he's you know, getting chastised for believing in Jesus. And... um he says, that, um, the man who was healed says, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a, a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And um, I, just wanted, I just wanted to emphasize how the power of God was so thick, but yet the love of God was just equally as thick. And first, he started with the, um, the outer healing. And then he started with the inner healing. And I know that's not always the case, but we were so grateful to get to experience that whole transformation in just a few days.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing, there's a teacher. Her name is Becca. It's the uh there she is she's a teacher she's a young married. she's only been married a year she and her husband are both down there and she teaches preschool and kindergarten and she has insomnia like killer insomnia like she says I sleep an hour a night and I've been asking God to heal me from this for years and uh and in fact when I went a couple months to go to Guatemala uh, to to invest in Alicia and visit with them we had to teach her class because she literally didn't sleep that whole night and needed to sleep in so She asked for prayer and we prayed over her and she is sleeping eight hours a night, eight hours a night consistently and is writing all over Facebook about how God healed her. Y'all, I'm I'm telling you that. Tangible presence of God was so beautiful, and, and you couldn't miss it. Like, he was moving in power, bringing healing to people who have been asking for it, and he came and did it. He came and did it in her. And life.
2: let me also say, he also brought healing to her husband as well, because her husband was waking up every night with her when she would wake up, and he would pray over her, and he would read scriptures to her. I mean, amazing. So not only was this a healing um uh of insomnia but it was also a healing for her husband
1: who now gets to also sleep eight hours Mm -hmm. perfect yes okay so the next thing we did is we did a retreat at the children at the school i didn't put up any pictures of that because we've got to buzz through some things we did a retreat for the kid i mean like a carnival we had tons of games and it was beautiful and they had tons of fun the teachers loved having an hour and a half off we did tons of that um and then the next day we decided to do this retreat so we went early we put together these bags Every person that went on the retreat had a personalized bag. Now, this right here, Laura McNeil actually wrote this and, and sketched this and designed it. It's our retreat shirt, and it says, I am beloved and beautiful in Spanish, and it's from Song of Songs 4-7. And so it was the thing of our theme of our camp is we really wanted them to encounter God in a tangible way. They had grown up a certain way that knew he was this rulemaker guy, but they didn't know his heart for him, right? And so we wanted them to know that he sees him as beautiful, even though they've been through hell literal hell they've been through hell so our retreat bags we had um, journals with this on it we had water bottles with this on it we had brushes and i mean everything they were the thing was stuffed we had the retreat shirts heather made tie-dye shirts and then swimming. it was stuffed. they they were so blessed and from girls who live on the streets who've been sex trafficked who have never had anything it was such a gift for them and so literally had we only gone and brought them those gift bags and said you're loved and beautiful they would have been thrilled that would have been enough for them but they didn't what we didn't realize was the encounter they were gonna they were gonna have and so um one picture too is i have a picture of the babies so just a few of them one of the main things a lot of our team did was hold babies so the mamas could participate in things they they a lot of babies a lot of doo-doo diapers on arms everything else no washing machines so it was interesting but they were troopers they loved really well and there were lots of babies so you can be praying for them as we go along too here's the thing though we wanted the goal of the retreat was encounter in relationship not rules and regulations so they needed to our our prayer was it's not let's get everybody saved it was If they can encounter God in a new way and actually know his love and affection for them, then he can change their hearts. He can draw them to them. So all we prayed for months was encounter, encounter, encounter. And and so if you would do the next, yeah. Like I said before, we did a lot of worship through the art, just so you can kind of see. Um... They're up here painting. This was even in the middle of of the service towards the end in worship. They just came up and started painting prophetic art, just listening to what God said. And Laura led them in that. This is another time where she led them in listening to God and doing what he asked them to do. sketch it out and then this was a uh, um everybody made a mixed media we brought big canvases for everybody to take to their room and have and soy means i am and then it's all these different things and they were able to pick out the words that they felt like the lord was telling them about themselves so precious and beautiful special treasured valued uh beautiful all these things it was really neat that they were actually doing mixed media and experiencing god through the art um one of the most important things that happened, kind of a catalyst for the spiritual encounter, was Heather's story. And that was the first night of the retreat. And it was, um, God, I mean, it was crazy because we had this night planned, and there was this horrific torrential downpour, and we had a tin roof. So that's really cool when it's like lightning-doing and you don't really have anything to do but listen to the rain. But it's not so cool when you're trying to talk or watch a movie or share. So it was crazy. And I was like, is this the enemy or is what, what's happening here? Because it was crazy. So Heather was about to share. You couldn't hear her. Uh, Alicia was sitting on that table. The table collapsed. The, everything went flying. A huge bug about this big came through. It was. Everybody started screaming, ah! Everybody's running around, and I was like, what's going on? God, this isn't what we had planned. You know, uh, but it was crazy. So tell a little bit about your story. The bug really was this big. It's not a fisherman.
3: It was a Jurassic bug. Okay. All right. Well, I probably don't even need the microphone, but... um, So... i'm not gonna cry i haven't slept in four nights just thinking about what i was going to talk to you guys about and um we could sit up here for days we could sit up here for days and um when i when randall went the first time and came home from there and and we stood right there um she was weeping and um just weeping and i was here doing child care for uh the breathe the breathing and um Standing there and just uh, talking about the girls and I mean just tears pouring down. Misty standing there with her and tears pouring down and you know like um, I looked at her and I looked at all of her Instagram pictures and I said I'm so jealous of you in the best way. You know like I, w- I want to go and um you know I didn't mention it because money's an issue always is with me but you know like I just never said anything but um when she, she stood up here and they talked about mission trips I knew that. I should be on that trip. And um, and I almost let, you know, um, whatever vanity or, you know, pride stand in the way. And I'm glad that I, I didn't. I'm glad that she um, took me and put her hands on my shoulders and said, I want you to be a part of my team. Be, come on the trip. I want you as part of my team. And that was a catalyst moment. And, um, you know, I went home to my husband. And, I you know, had I got his blessing, which is, <laughs> that's a, that's awesome. in a miracle in itself. And um <clears throat> fast forward a couple of weeks later and we're and we're in uh, Randall's basement and they asked me to share my story because I, you know, kinda of give my testimony because I'm uh i i can relate to the girls as far as the sexual abuse and i um i had lived a you know a childhood of neglect and abuse and emotional torment and uh sexual abuse and physical you know i've been through you know emotional physical probably every type of abuse you know i've lived through it and been healed and delivered of uh many things and so i kind of could relate to the girls in a way that um no one else could, and so they asked me that, and um, it has been—it was an answered prayer because I wanted to be a person that shared. You know, I said, "God, there's no God that would allow the things that happen to little girls, you know, to happen." For 33 until I was 33, that was my story, that, and I was sticking to it. I was mad and angry, and crazy and everything and he healed me i prayed and he healed me that's a huge part of my testimony and uh but then after he did and i saw that it could happen and he could heal me it was um i prayed to be able to tell other little girls the same thing you know like um this is you know we there's an enemy and he comes to kill still and destroy this is not your good father in heaven he's good and you know like he loves you and um and uh so so I did get to share that with the girls, and it was a, it was crazy. It was uh, Jurassic Park bugs and, and things that came in. But what he showed me was in that that I could have planned everything I wanted to, to say and everything. I had a story written out. I tried to quit several times. Deborah came up to me and said, Heather, if this was anybody else, they would be so frazzled. They would be so you know like uh giving up but um and i had to start over a few times and it was just weird i you know i know all of you guys and it's easy for me um, to talk but it was just weird because i was scared i would say it wrong to the girls or it wouldn't have the impact that it was supposed to have or it could have and what he showed me is that anything i'm willing to give he will bless it and multiply it and um Uh, I won't ever forget a moment coming from that. And I was thankful to him when it was done. I was so thankful when it was over. I'm not kidding you guys. I was like, thank you, Lord. I, you know, kept looking at the girls. and I was like, y'all pray for me because I mean the girls I had just met, like pray for me because I'm super scared up here. You know, this is not fun for me, but, um, I came off and immediately a little girl shared her story and said, that's the same thing that happened to me. And then, uh. Then Megan calls me. She's the other, there's another picture of Megan, who is like a little Jesus. She's awesome. Um, and she calls me she's over to teacher. the other side. And she's, she translates and um, with four or five other little girls that are sitting there, like, on the pews like this. And um, they all shared their story and said they only thought it was girls in Guatemala were my children from my dad, my father, because um their babies are from their fathers, you know, like, and I can't even imagine. You know, what what happened to me doesn't hold a and um um so th- that happened you know and uh it was a beautiful amazing answer to prayer that um mm-hmm. that he did and 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 it wasn't and in true heather fashion it was wild and crazy and <laughs> alicia falling off the table and every part of that but um but but and I'll I'll be done. Right, I could talk to you guys for five hours. Y'all find straight. her
1: afterwards. She'll keep talking. Um,
3: okay. Before we left, when I left Randall's basement that night, that they asked me to talk. Okay. Um, I I asked God. Um, you know, like, where were you when that was happening to me when I was a little girl? You know, like, and I was even surprised at my audaciousness because um it just surprised me it was a heartfelt question that i asked him and he led me to isaiah 61 3 and i had never read that with open eyes or an open heart you know i had not ever read that verse and he showed me that no matter what had happened with him it's all okay you know and um and uh, and that has been the biggest testimony that he has shown me that he totally can do that for the girls too. So that the faith that I was given in the moment that I'm sharing my story with them imparted faith to them. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. impartation was the word I kept getting, and that he showed me that he could take that little girl and redeem her, and use all of the bad.
1: And Isaiah 61.3 is he'll take and make beauty from ashes. And so one of the themes of our kind of camp, even the speaking, was beauty from ashes. That that uh, we, Laura started with a blank canvas. And it's like, these bad things have happened to you, these sins. And then it was like these black spots all over that turned into this beautiful butterfly. So beauty from ashes was our theme. And even now as she's painting, she, you know, one of the, um, I might be skipping ahead a bit, but... Um, One of the things skip to question to number 12, if you don't mind, Um, we did a message on forgiveness and she painted this. And in the base, it was talking about beauty from ashes. And we had the girls come up. And at the end, uh, we talked about forgiveness. And I handled that with real delicate gloves because I knew they'd been through hell. And it was uncomfortable to go up and say, now you got to forgive. So, you know, those people who did that to you, turn on and forgive them because God asked you to do that. I mean, I didn't obviously say anything like that although it it was what we got to and it and god's grace was so good and all that but they literally came up at the end with note cards and they meditated i, I wondered if anyone was going to come up because no one did for a while they sat and meditated and asked the lord who can i move towards forgiveness to if i can't do it completely who can i begin the process with like how can i begin the process of choosing forgiveness Even though my life has been hell. Even though they've wounded me. So they came and burnt note cards. They burned note cards. And we use those ashes to paint in the base of the tree. So literally they're ashes turning into beauty. And that's even what she's doing here. I'm chills. We've taken cards burned to forgiveness and there are ashes in the base of what she's even painting now and the symbolism was unreal it, it was super impactful the girls painted on it too they, yeah the, the girls I mean here's like a gallery artist who she was painting and they came up and literally started painting on that picture and I was like
3: you're gonna <laughs> it? you know
1: but they're you know up there painting and she was perfectly fine she with it she
3: couldn't be more happy and, and she and, and the, she was
1: thrilled to share it. But um, she was. Uh, can I
3: say one thing about Laura? Yes. <laughs> Laura told the girls that um, that God came to her through art. You know, it was huge that she um, just because she's painting and I, she's doing this and I don't know. She was say. but she told the girls that He came to her. Uh, through art and they did all this with her and it was just so so amazing to see someone who is so gifted to share their gift and in part like they were so super into it um but to see the the oak tree painted that I had a vision of before we even left for the retreat yes. it was
1: amazing. The scripture talked about he will call you oaks of righteousness, a planting for the display of God's glory, which is where that is coming from. OK, so there was somebody brought in the first day of the retreat. Her name is Jacqueline, and she was brought in raped, beaten. Robbed, left naked in the streets, and the police brought her in with a black eye. She was 31. She was the oldest person there from the home. There she is with joy with Sarah. Now she came in bruised, battered, even on even on medicine the first night, being treated for STDs and all these things that could have happened. It was it was. Unreal. She came in. She sat this whole time. She's listening like this. Every message, the Chronicles of Narnia, which we based a lot of our art off of, God bringing spring into winter. Those broken, dead, dry, wounded places coming in with spring and life and bringing wholeness. She was like this the whole time. So that one afternoon she came and just... She wept. I need God to forgive me. I used to follow him, but I've been far away. I've lived a life of disobedience. I need his forgiveness for me. She was overwhelmed. I mean, she was one of the ones choosing forgiveness. And uh, total transformation. When you read that scripture about he takes an old creation and creates into a new creation, I'm telling you, her calendar's changed. People weren't even in there with the prayer. They were up doing art and hanging out. And when she walked up, everybody was like, what happened? What happened? Um, but, Sarah, tell a little bit about um, the forgiveness. And well, no, just what we, you know, how that impacted you.
3: Um,
4: Jacqueline's story was probably the most impactful thing that happened to me on this trip. Um, while Randall was speaking about forgiveness, I didn't think that, I mean, personally, I didn't think I would take it well if that had happened to me, but. The minute she mentioned the note card and writing somebody to forgive down on it, um, Jacqueline whipped out her note card and she's like writing something and I was like she hasn't even finished explaining and it's already like she knew what she had to do and so once um Randall had finished, she asked the team to go into the back of the room and if anyone needed prayer that we could get up that they could get up and go to us and um, Jacqueline was the first one that she got up and she went to the back of the room and my mom and I just We put our hands on her, and we prayed for her. And she wept, and she read off her note card. And on her note card, she had on front and back two panels on each side, names of people that she had to forgive. And she fell to the floor, and she's praying and crying, and I didn't even know what to say. Like, what do you pray? What do you say? I've never seen someone so filled with God that they could just completely forgive somebody who has beaten her who has raped her who has hurt her and um she was just so free and she went up to the front of the room and she burned her note card and I didn't realize until Thursday of last week I'm driving in my car to work and I realized that I have a huge problem with forgiveness—that I don't offer people forgiveness freely, that I hold grudges. But I saw this girl, who all of these girls, who had, had so much happen to them, and they wanted God so badly that they would just give them forgiveness because they wanted the fullness of God. And I realized that I wanted the fullness of God, and that I will never. I say this, I hope, I pray that God gives me the grace to be gracious to people because I never, I never want to hold back forgiveness because Christ was literally nailed to a tree to put our sins in the ground. And if I ever hold back something from somebody that he gave me so freely, I would be so ashamed. And so I feel like they thought that we were coming there and bringing us this greatness and, Really, I don't think that they will ever know how much that they've impacted each one of us in such an extreme way. And I don't. I hope that I can go back next year and tell them how much that I love them for giving me this. And um, I was crying while we this was happening, and they were saying, "Stop! Like, why are you crying? It's okay." And I said, I'm crying because I'm so happy for you, because I'm so happy that you have God in your lives and because everything good that comes to your lives from now on is from God. And so that was probably the most impactful thing that's ever happened to me. Um, In a previous meeting, Randall spoke about um, how the Holy Spirit, I had never really had a huge um, encounter with the Holy Spirit, but she talked about How the Holy Spirit can come on somebody so heavy that they literally cannot stand. And um, we come from a more Baptist background, and I'm thinking, this is weird. That's not going to happen. Like, I've never heard of that before. And just to see Jacqueline just fall to her knees because she was so filled with the Holy Spirit. To see two girls in the front, one girl... Like, she almost fell asleep because God had come over her so heavy. And she had such a peace about her that she felt... I've never seen somebody just fall to the ground with the weight of God. And so, I'm so thankful for this trip. It blew every expectation I could ever have, Um, really, for God. I don't think I ever knew the power of God and what god could do or at least believed it to the extent that i do now
1: it was um y'all i'm telling you there wasn't a person in there that did not experience the power of god's presence in a real thick tangible way it was crazy and it was really beautiful i mean it was just his gift to pour himself out on each one of them to be able to encounter him to be able to say i'll never forget the tangible presence of god and so it was really beautiful the way he did that and um these girls, I mean, they'd never seen anybody like fall under the weight of his presence before. It wasn't something they'd seen or experienced before, but it was beautiful because it'll be something they can hang on to his nearness, his closeness. And it was really our prayer that everybody would leave knowing his nearness. And uh, and they really did. So the next day we did a time, of te- it was the last day we did a time. The girls said, can we do a time of testimonies and sharing? Do you mind if we share? And and so everybody got a chance to share what they wanted to. There were girls who were Hardened. That were opposed. There was one particular one that sat there like this the whole time, and I was like, She has a story. She has a story. It's rough. I know it's rough. She has a story. And literally, right before we left camp, you know, she and Alicia came to get me, and we went and sat and prayed, and she, like, submitted her life to Jesus and said, I, I need him to fill me. I need him to heal me. I need all this stuff. It was beautiful. Like, there were lots of people. Like, after we got back, we had stories. We keep hearing stories with even with Jacqueline she hasn't put down you know Alicia said please tell your team she hasn't put down her bible yet everywhere she goes she's reading the word there are people just encountering him in a major way um, do we have picture 13 and 14 yeah so that is uh, that's been them being silly this is at the end those are some of the girls Ellie on the front row the Spanish psychologist some of the girls that were there and Alicia's on the back row next and then that's kind of uh, that's us with them. A lot of people weren't in there, but it was crazy fun, and it was um, one of the some of the ways our team was affected. Um, is it really produced faith in them and in us in God's movement? So some of the quotes I wrote down: I've never seen God move that way before. I feel new, even though I come back and stuff's going on. I feel new inside. Somebody said um, they are now can believe God's movement is for here not just Guatemala um and it was really cool that he used us to usher in the presence of the Holy Spirit there um I'll tell you another story. So we met as a team. Deborah so graciously hosted us at her house the other night for dinner. And, and, you know, Misty said, you know, my daughter Penny, we took away her pacifier while we were in Guatemala, and she slept okay then. But she's been up every night like three hours crying. She goes, I think I'm going to cave tonight. I'm like, you will not cave. No, you will not. You're not giving it back. You're almost done. You're going to do it. Let's just pray. We pray she has slept all night every night since there's i mean it's crazy it's like god's movement is everywhere and so i say all this just to encourage y'all he's on the move y'all he's not just in guatemala he's he's moving in the davis's house even last night like he is moving he wasn't just moving in them we all know that god like seriously i don't know if you know this and we talked to deborah in just a second we talked about Short-term mission trips are primarily for the people that go. Because you see things, encounter things. You see Jesus and you come back wrecked. And then you want to make a difference in what you do. But we were, had the beautiful ability to be able to see God move and power in them. And then we come back, all the things he's done here. And we believe as a team that he wants to do this in our own community, that he hasn't forgotten, guys. He's near. He's bringing healing. He's rising faith. I hope that your faith is encouraged just by hearing what's going on here. Um, Rebecca, can you share a
5: little bit about your personal struggles? Um, Okay, so I went on this trip. I'm going to try not to cry, but I probably will. (laughs) I went on this trip, and at one point, um, I really thought that, It was more of the flesh sending me than God sending me. We sat in the front row um, when the trips were actually announced. And uh, for years I've gone, I'm never going on a mission trip. That's just not me um, unless God sends me to Guatemala. Um, I have a personal title to that and I'm happy to share that with anyone afterwards. But that was always my thing. And Aaron sat there and grabbed my leg and we got in the car (laughs) and we were driving home. And he says, I'm losing you for another week, aren't I? (laughs) He's like, God told me you're going. Um, I struggled the entire time trying to raise money to the point that that's why I thought it was the flesh, not God. Um, My confirmation for going was a friend that I hadn't seen for a long time walking up to me and going, I've had this $100 bill sitting in my wallet and I didn't know what it was for, but this is what it's for. And that was, I'm like, okay, well, that's confirmation. Even the day that we got in the car to go to the trip, I'm like, no, this isn't right. I've had to pay for most of this trip, this isn't right. Um, This is me forcing this. I have no purpose on this trip. I don't have anything to do, anything to share. What have I got? Um, And God really showed up in a profound way while we were there, Um, while praying on the rooftops and doing those sort of things. He really showed me that I did have a purpose. Um, As a teenager, and actually my husband and I are watching this with another teenage friend of ours at the moment, but as a teenager, um, not a lot of people know, my mum's boyfriend at the time, he used to, um, he'd abuse me, not not sexually, it was a, an, a, more of an emotional or just, it was an emotional abuse where he would walk in my room in the middle of the night when he was completely drunk saying, I'm going to make you irrecognizable, no one will ever find you again. Um, he would berate my mother to the point that she'd sit in her bedroom rocking like a child saying I'm bad I'm not good I'm bad and it would make me mad and I would fight him because I'm a very tenacious person <laughs> um, and the only way I escaped that was because he convinced my mother to leave and go and live on a boat with him and I had nowhere to go my dad didn't want me because my stepmom didn't want me there because my stepsister didn't like me um, So I had to learn how to forgive this person in my life. And I thought I'd done a pretty good job of that because years later when he died from his alcoholism, my mum couldn't do a funeral for him. His children wanted nothing to do with him and so I I did his funeral for him. Um, Fast forward a few years. After moving here, the first year I moved here, my my uncle killed his own child by drink driving. He... um, was uh, this was a five-year-old boy it was his only child because he lied about drinking got in a car and k- smashed and killed this little boy and I had to go back to Australia and be there with my family and be the strong person there because I've always been the strong person and I was like I hate him I never want to see him I don't want to have anything to do with that man and I got forced into a situation having to go and see him at the hospital and it was God's grace. I can't explain it any other way because I hated him with every fiber of my being and I walked in and I embraced my uncle and I told him, "I love you. I forgive you. No one can punish you the way that you're going to punish yourself." So yeah, I thought, "Hey, I'm pretty good at this. I've, I've spoken to teenagers and young adults and spoken about forgiveness, but the biggest thing is my that I can take away from this trip was was God showing me that I, I deserve forgiveness too. And I have to forgive myself. As mothers, we all struggle thinking we're not good enough. And I know almost every mother has said it at least once, they would be so much better off without me. And the first day there, journaling, I wept over my journal saying, Lord, forgive me for ever thinking I'm not good enough for my children. Two things were said to me on this trip where I really felt like I had purpose again. And one of them was from Laura. She actually came to me one morning. I'd had a phone call from Aaron about stuff happening at home, and she said, you have a deep relationship with God. You can trust him for the big things for everybody else and see it happen, but God's saying that now it's your turn to trust him for the big things for you. And then that beautiful woman, Jacqueline, she actually came up to me and shared part of her story. And I can only say that it was God because of similarities between her and my uncle. And she said to me, cherish your children. Those were my two big takeaways from this trip. We all need to trust God can do the big things for us, not just for the other people that you go away to speak to in a trip. He can do the big things for us. And that we need to cherish our loved ones and cherish our children. Um, you know, we don't have to be perfect because it's God's strength that gets us through. We don't have to do everything right all the time because it's God's grace that gets us through. We don't have to be strong and put on the makeup and the facade of the mask because it's God's strength and God's hope. Good, Deborah.
6: I talk a lot, so I have to keep myself on track, so that's why. I, so um, unlike most of the ladies um, who went on this trip, they wanted to go. I did not. I never wanted to go on a mission trip. I've told people that. I'm a germaphobe, and if I, if I went, um, you know, how am I going to drink my alkalized water, eat my greens and my organics and everything? So I really didn't have a desire to do this. Um, so when they talked about the mission trip, Sarah said to me, Mom, let's go, and I went. Okay, then I go out and, you know, Randall's after me and saying, um, you need to go and you need to be there. And I'm like, you know, and so, um, you know, I just didn't feel like, I always, about mission trips, I always felt like, and I would say to the kids, you know, just think of how much money that it costs. What if we just sent that money there? You know, how much beneficial it would be. And so um, I really uh, didn't have a desire to go, didn't want to go. And then when we started going to the uh, mission trip um, meetings (laughs) wow uh, they're talking about, I expected an agenda when I got there. We're going to get on, on the plane this time. We're going to depart on this time. We're going to eat this time. We're going to get up and do our devotions this time. Then we're going And when I think of a missions trip, I'm going to go. I'm going to preach the gospel. And we're going to get these people saved. And then after we get them saved, we're going to go ahead and we're going to disciple them. Isn't that what a missions trip is all about? Right? You know, going into these foreign countries and getting all these people saved. You know, and then at the, the t- meetings, it's like, well, we're going to do manicures and we're going to do pedicures. And I'm like... I don't touch feet. Okay? I am not doing pedicures. And art? I don't do art. I'm telling you guys, I was so I I was so out of your comfort zone. Out of my comfort zone. And and I decided to go because one Sarah was you know, she was adamant about going. First of all she said, Um, I don't think I can get off of work, Mom and I'm like, Oh yeah, that would be bad. You know? <laughs> and then she texted me from school and she said, Let's go. Well, I'm not sending my daughter to another country by herself. And I prayed about it and I just felt God saying, You got to go because you got to be obedient. And so, um, so I went and, and again, these mission trips, uh, uh, these meetings that just, and finally I called Steve. I said, Steve, you were going to have to help me wrap my brain around this because I'm not getting it. And so he, you know, talked to me like only Steve can. And he's like, first of all, we are going, you guys are going to undergird that, those who God has called to be there. And he continued. And I'm like, I can do that. I got it. So um, it was a lot of wrestling. But one of the things that God kept sharing with me was because I am such a a driven person and I've got to have a purpose with everything that I do. And so, God was telling me, go there, empty of an agenda. Don't go there with any expectations. Go there completely empty. So, I can be the one to fill you. And so, I did that. And, um, and, so my final takeaway is, one is, be obedient to God. Whatever he's calling you to, be obedient because he wants nothing but to bless others through you. And secondly is, um, you know, our plans that we have, the plans, the little bit of the planning that I saw, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, Randall, so... Odd me you know I mean she is an amazing amazing she hated me in our meetings she's like then we're not doing anything (laughs) you know Uh, I don't do feet um and they said well you can hold the babies okay I do babies I can hold the babies um (laughs) I'm telling you, did I hold the babies? Um,
2: And they feed the babies coffee, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
6: Yeah. But, but, you know, even that meeting where it was planned, where, you know, Heather gave her testimony, and then we were to watch the movie afterwards, and then we were to do this. I was comfortable in that kind of a setting. But then the rain came, and all that happened. And one of the things that they didn't tell you was that night we could not watch the movie. We were able to get it in. But now, honestly, the Baptist background... (laughs) So, uh, so you know, Randa puts on some music, and years ago I would have thought that that was um, sacrilegious. Sacrilegious, yes. (laughs) Um, But we got out there and we danced. We had a dance party. We (laughs) had a dance party, and what it did, though, let me tell you what it did. What it did was it broke down the barriers that was the, was the beginning point in those girls' lives. For us now, the, the wall was down, then we were able to go in. So, lastly, I'm going to say, Proverbs 19.21, God says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And then this was, I think, all of our takeaway was uh, Ephesians 3.20. Now, to him who is able to do far abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. God ruled the whole week. We were submissive. We were obedient. And he was present every single step.
1: Yes. Thank Thank you. So we are really late. Sorry about that. But um, we're going to close out now. Um, do you have anything to say about? Sorry. I have like 14 more things. Sorry. Talk to Heather later. Yeah. So we're going to close out. Uh, we got a really great letter. Uh, we'll let you read it later. Just the team, the, the teachers loving us being there, calling us team super awesome, and, exp- and loving the investment and the move of God and promising to to pursue that and go forward with that. And so uh, just thank you guys for listening. Um, I want to encourage you that God wants to do something here. He does. He's starting it. He hasn't stopped. It's stirring, guys. It's stirring. So begin to believe God for things. Begin to ask him for things. Branch out. Ask Him for healing. Begin to let this increase your faith. And um, we're going to see what God wants to do in our community. Um, There is an opportunity. Uh, We have another mission trip. Brandon Smith is back there in the back. Raise your hand. He is taking a team to Kenya in Africa. And that's going to be in October. And uh, he is over in charge of creator of no hungry children which is a ministry that we support on a monthly basis we actually support a feeding program it's a feeding program for a school called revealed orphanage school and you're actually going to be able to go to that orphanage feed food uh feed kit feed, <laughs> feed kids partner with how can we help them on the ground you'll be able to see what's going on exposure to um, to poverty in Africa Brandon has a, a lot of experience with that would love to help you process but if you're interested at all there is a meeting just to come and hear more it's going to be Sunday July 19th between services at 10:30. it would be going on right now actually on Sunday July 19th it'll be in your newsletter we'll put it on Facebook um, but we love you guys I would love for you to consider going with him to Kenya um, it's going to be for a week so talk to him if you have any questions about that will you pray us out?
0: yes all right let's go ahead and stand everyone Harvest, why don't you go ahead and come. I want to do something uh, here in a minute about, as we pray. We're going to officially end our time. We'll have our baskets available for those who came uh, ready to, to give financially this morning. These baskets are here. We do want to celebrate Jesus this morning. And so when you'd like to come and take communion, you can. But as, uh, after I get done praying, it's this. There are some here this morning who have insomnia. Okay, mm-hmm. and So we would like to actually take some time and pray for you. Uh, Randall and and some of our team will be here to literally just kind of lay hands and pray for you regarding that specific issue. If there are other things you want prayer for. Ministry team, just be available if you don't mind uh, on the sides. You can pray for anything else you want to pray for. We do want to ask God to move. And so so as we go into uh, it's a time of just worship, we're going to stay as long as you need to stay. Uh, but, Father, we want to say come and have your way this morning. Mm. God, what you did in Guatemala, we praise you, Jesus. It's just, it's just what you do. Mm-hmm. God, you move in the lives of the people that you love, no matter how seemingly drastic or how small their situations are. Father, we praise you that in all moments, at all times, Father, you were moving. You were drawing people to yourself. You are loving on them, Jesus. But I pray for for the for the women that they minister to in Guatemala, we say, Jesus, disciple them well. Mm-hmm. Grow them in their knowledge of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I pray you protect them from the work of the enemy God. That the forgiveness that they have stepped into, I pray for grace to continue to take that to fulfillment, Jesus. Lord, I pray for the teachers. I pray for Alicia and Greg and Guatemala. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. God, I pray that you would draw them in. I pray the work that you've begun, that you would complete that work in them, Jesus, as only you can. But I pray for our Guatemala team. I pray, Jesus, that you would take what you've done and that, God, it would not just be a memory they hold on to, but it got to be a launching moment to what you have for them next, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for what you have for us at Vintage through them. We want every bit of it, Jesus. We want you, Holy Spirit, to move a way that we recognize that you are real. You are tangible, that you are moving and active. So, Father, we bless you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.